This podcast is recorded on the lands of the Yagara people and the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging. Well, may we say, God save the Queen, because nothing will save the Governor General. You know I've searched my heart to prove there's better ways to push and pull. Hey, whatever gets you through these days. Hello and welcome to Well May We Say, a progressive podcast about Australian politics. This is episode 104 for Wednesday 11th of September 2019. I'm Jeremy Sear and each week I'll be joined by a different guest host to help me discuss what's just been happening to the country, what's likely to happen, what's likely to happen being... Really extreme, <laughs> and hopefully, what we can do about it. Optimisms. <laughs> Joining me today is Nick Carr. Welcome back, Nick. Oh, thanks for having me back, Jeremy. Although I'm not sure how optimistic I'm feeling. I'm currently preparing for the purge. <laughs> I'm uh, just getting my skills ready. I'm going to start hoarding uh, supplies because things are looking very grim indeed. Look, I've been listening to a couple of podcasts where they've been suggesting, in particular, the one that's about. Um, um, the, the, the guy who does behind the bars and things, and he's got one. It could happen here about America basically collapsing. <laughs> anyway, the, the constant advice on those on those podcasts is basically get yourself a set of bolt cutters. <laughs> and I feel like that's I feel like that's a message to take home. Yeah. So when you when, in terms of the podcast being like what we can do about it, buy bolt cutters. Get bolt yourself cutters. some bolt cutters for for the apocalypse. Yep, and stockpile water. I reckon. Uh, I think stockpiling water is the the way to go at the moment. There's no frigging water anywhere. Cool, we're all doing. Oh, because you're yeah. up, you're up north. You're you're in you're in remotest bushfire territory. So, what what is happening right now in in, in the? Is your can you see a fire out your window? Beautiful sunny Queensland. Not quite, uh, but for days now there has been uh, like a large amount of dust in the air. Today's cleared up a little bit, but all throughout the weekend I was in I was in fabulous Brisbane on the weekend, uh, driving uh, you know across a bridge and you just look out at the sky. Normally it's beautiful blue. It was grey, like really light grey. There was no not much blue in the air at all. It was just dust. And then I was out in a small town. I was driving around for work on, uh, was it Monday or Tuesday? Yeah, Monday it was, and huge dust storms just getting pelted. Like, uh, the families, the, the houses I went to, the families were all sort of locked up inside. Uh, no one was going outside because it was just, uh, like, the dust storm, I've never seen, at least here, dust storms like it, like, just in town. Just but, these- but I mean, that's nothing, that's nothing new for Queensland. Like, Queensland's always been on fire at you know, the end of winter <laughs> and the start of spring. Isn't it? That's like... No? Class, no, the rainforest no. doesn't usually catch on fire at this time of year? Not normally, no. no, no. Has I mean, it ever done it before? Not that I've noticed, not that I, not in my memory. I mean, it's it's bushfires have always been a bit of an abstract thing. I mean, sure, we've had floods here, don't get me wrong, we cop floods, uh, but uh, in my memory it's always bushfires, there's always something you see in New South Wales or Victoria, you know, and you hear about the, tra- you know, but now it's like getting pretty close to home. It's, uh, but, I mean, it is, it is winter, which is known as the, the, the bushfire season. Yeah. Well, Although it's not now, it's spring now, which is also known as the bushfire season. But, you that's know, it. That was, they started back in winter, and that's, that's always been. And nothing's changed. It's fine. My point is, everything's fine. There's nothing to worry about. It's all part um, of the cycle. It's all part of the climate cycle, Jeremy. It's all the same. It's all just. Look, if, you're, if, if you're saying to me that you couldn't see fire, I remember driving past you know, random 
random bits of Queensland scenery, the, you know, sugarcane fields, and they were on fire <laughs> deliberately, and they were, that's that process. But, I yeah. mean, sure, I mean, that's the same thing. Like, nothing's changed. Just now, now nature's doing it instead of people setting fire to their sugarcane. Well, that's it. And, and normally, you know, like uh, on the, the drive I was on this morning, uh, not like out to Stanthorpe where the bushfires have hit, uh, you know, like I am very used to seeing a bit of back burning along the roadside or whatever if they're worried about the grass getting a bit out of control there. Uh, it's just this time the back burning where it usually stopped at the first fence line, now it's the whole way into town. <laughs> like it, there's this beautiful bit where you turn, you go past the, the McDonald's at Stanthorpe, you go to turn sort of off the highway into the main township and it's normally nice and leafy green sort of as you turn into town off the highway, all dead and burning and still smoking. It's cold, still cold out there. It was three degrees this morning when I got into Stanthorpe, but the ground was still smoking like from, from the bush. It was, yeah, it was full on. It was full on. As per those uh, Juice Media uh, Honest Government ads, cool and normal. <laughs> Everything's fine. Um, yeah. so, so Larissa Waters from the Greens uh, announced that she was going to call on the Senate to uh, note that just one week after winter, Queensland is experiencing unprecedented and devastating bushfires and facing what the fire service has described as the most catastrophic bushfire season in recorded history. Hundreds of people have been affected by the devastating fires. Today, 47 properties have been reported as damaged or destroyed. This was on the uh, Monday, um, including the heritage-listed Binnaburra Resort. Prior to these bushfires, a total of 40 properties have been lost to bushfire in Queensland in the previous 130 years. Yeah. <laughs> cool and normal. C, the critical role that firefighting and emergency service personnel play in the frontline response to emergencies and climate-related disasters. D, the bushfire natural hazard Cooperative Research Centre's latest seasonal bushfire outlook, August 2019, confirming that Queensland fire seasons have been starting earlier and persisting longer since 1990. E, drought conditions and severe water shortages in the Darling Downs and Granite Belt are expected to make fighting bushfires even more difficult across the summer. And F, unless urgent action is taken to reduce harmful emissions and stop further global warming, bushfires, drought and heatwaves will become more frequent and severe, putting Australian lives and properties at risk. Uh, and two, calls on the government to A, urgently take action to address climate change and manage the risk and severity of bushfires. B, invest in community adaption efforts to build resilience to climate change in moderate and high-risk areas. And C, commit to action to progress a rapid and just transition to clean and renewable energy sources to reduce the harmful emissions driving climate change. Okay, so that's that was the uh, notice that basically put up there as notice that she's going to move that. Uh, and the ALP basically said, um, not according to Larissa, uh, no. They told yeah. her, no, this is uh, not the time. Uh, and she's like, if this is now is not the time, then when? Like, like it is yeah. very much the like if a shooting happens in America, no. Now, while people are angry about the the use of guns and, and noticing that, that they're being yeah. murdered, is not the time to talk about uh, it. Yeah, because we might actually do something. <laughs> it might be an effective time to have a chat and might grab people's attention. It's incredible. Like Warwick's been, oh, sorry, the, the Southern Downs region where Standorp is has been incredibly low on water for a while now. There's there was genuine concerns they're going to run out of water. I think it was only last week or something they got dropped off. Uh, someone donated fifty thousand bottles of water to the local residents or whatever. And then now there's the bushfires surrounding the area, like depleting it even more. Like it's an agricultural area. It's just like Stanthorpe produces like apples. There's lots of orchards there. There's wineries. There's vineyards. Like there's and it's and so that agriculture not only is that the major industry out there. The secondary industry is the tourism surrounding it, like around the wineries and all that. If the water goes, like it's already been going. There's already I drive past a lot of disused orchards and that as it is. If the rest of it goes. That whole region is dead. Like I was literally talking to a real estate agent uh, today and that was saying, yeah, it's like sales are pretty slow, you know, but with water getting it the way it is, we don't know what this town's going to be like in two years. Like they're literally there this morning, genuinely 
considering the fact that their town might not be there in two years' time. Have the local Aboriginal people apologised? Sorry, that, that, may make, that seems to make no sense. But as I as I understand it from um, the front page of the Daily Telegraph uh, the day well, yesterday, uh, no, today they're telling us that uh, coal is going to push down our power prices. Although I don't know why, or how, when, because we've had six years of them rising, and it's got it's not like the losers are hostile to coal. Anyway, um, so yesterday's front page was say blaming the entire um, ecological disaster in the Murray Dowling uh, Basin on a dam not being uh, built or torn because of uh, some Aboriginal artifacts. Basically, the Daily Telegraph tried Fucking to argue hell. basically that the farmers are angry that their water was that the, the, the Murray Dowling River system is being destroyed, and and you know who to blame? It's the Aboriginal people who had some artifacts nearby. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> who have absolutely no say in how any policy is made or anything like that. Yeah, it's their fault. But like, Jeez. that's the cause. Yeah, no. Like, it couldn't possibly be things like um, what's it, Cubby Station that's got like, yeah. that takes water out of the system, like the, the equivalent to the Sydney Harbour, like the yeah. whole thing. Like, no, it couldn't be that. It's it's there's not a dam in one place because of some ab- there's some concerns about Aboriginal artifacts. Like that's the f- imagine being dumb enough to both pay for the Daily Telegraph and B believe it's shit. Yeah, it, it, it's a. I just don't know. Like it, it's such a willful. It, uh, just disregard of the truth just to get, even get to that point. Like, just they're just ignoring it. Like, there's just all this water getting taken out. Yeah, well, because you can't. It, it's hard now to know. Like, it's, it's their classic thing of like deny, deny, deny that there's any problem. But then when the problem becomes obvious, like yeah, the water's not there. Find someone to blame who fits your narrative. Yeah, and same with the energy prices. Like, clearly, we're all noticing that energy prices keep going up and up and up and up. Under this mob, they've been in power for six yeah. years. Um, it's not like they've been. Uh, I mean, they've, they've killed the carbon price. We didn't get to five hundred dollars. Tony promises, um, and, and yet, and it's not like they've been you know investing heavily in renewables. So it's got nothing to do with that. But they've got to somehow sell to people that it, that there's some kind of shadowy cabal that's that's restricting the use of, of coal, uh, yeah. and uh, that's why your prices have suddenly skyrocketed. But yes. just, they've got to find like part two when you have to concede that there is a problem is to find some twisted way to get your idiot sheep to buy it. But yeah. if you were curious about what's my evidence that um, Labor wouldn't even go along with this motion, where's the evidence that Larissa was told that this wasn't the time to talk about it? Well, <laughs> she, in reply to that tweet, Labor Senator Murray Watt said, Larissa, right now, people's homes are burning and others are risking their lives without <laughs> dangerous fires. You're not alone in thinking about climate change. But is now really the time to be making political mileage? Yeah. I mean, to be fair to Murray Watt, he was, you know, about to go out there and fight the fire in, from a truck. Like, you know, yeah. he, can't, he can't do anything in government. He yeah. can't try to address macro things because he's down on the ground and Larissa is distracting him from his important work, fighting fires and saving lives. Yeah. I just don't even know how to handle any of this anymore. It's so insanely ridiculous. I was literally I was listening to something on the way in and there was a, there was a, they were interviewing a farmer from out there and he's – complaining that he's had no water for years, the drought's getting worse, he's saying that things are getting worse, and then he goes, yeah, but I don't know, I don't think you can link it to climate change. It's all cyclical. <laughs> like, I, And you're like, how can you not? This is th- – there is a – there is something that's affecting you more and more as things go on. The very clear explanation is climate change. How can you just take that and go, well, yeah, okay, well, the evidence is there to say that climate change is real. It's been happening to me. It all fits. Nah, nah, that's not it. No, that's not it. It's like it's the perfect explanation. Like what else is there? Yeah. One of the things we know about a system that's cyclical <laughs> is it's constantly 
producing unprecedented results. Because that's the definition of a, of a cycle. Cycle. That yeah. things happen that have never happened before. That's how you know you're in a cycle where things keep happening, you know, go round and round and round, yeah. and they're on new tracks all the time. Yeah. That's totally how a cycle works. It's a natural part of the cycle. There's no water. The farms go under. The farmers shoot themselves. It's just part of the cycle. Let's all get yeah. on board. Yeah. Just because it's never happened before doesn't mean it's not part of... <laughs> who knows? Maybe it's part of a really big cycle. Yeah. It's just a cycle that we've never seen repeat. Like, yeah. we've never seen the end of it. But that doesn't mean that it's not part of a cycle that might repeat again in the future. Yeah, we're at the absolute low point at the moment. But, you know, it could, you know, like the next, you know, 100 million years, the cycle might get worse. I don't know. Ugh. It's just, it's so, like, being out there this morning just really was frustrating. Because, you know, to, yeah, talking to people on the ground and, and seeing it and, and actually, yeah, hearing people genuinely consider that their town might not be there in two years. Like a, you know, pretty long-standing you know, town with a lot of history, and it's a lot of what has been great about Stanton is the water. There's some beautiful, like you go out there and the, there's some beautiful dams and that, but they're all empty. Like it's all it's all dead. It's all grey. It's all empty, and it's just. And then to hear someone from out there go, Nah, it's not. You know, like there's not. There's not really that. That's not the problem. Like just. I don't, I don't know. It's wiped my brain. There's always generally. steps that they can do to deny it. So first, no, there's no problem. Or B, if, if there is something changing, then no, it's just part of a cycle and it'll, it'll fix yeah. itself. Or And then the next step is, oh, okay, well, maybe there is something that needs to be done, but we can't do it. So the next bit of denial is, oh, but Australia's like, you know, we've only, this is why they, 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 mm. they tried out the, you know, we're only, what is it, less less than 1% of the world's emissions or whatever it is. Yeah. Or, actually, I think it's slightly over 1%. Anyway, whatever it is, we're, you know, the Australia as a, an overall emitter is quite small, but yeah. it's just that we emit more per capita, vastly more per capita. <laughs> so that means that we can't tell the bigger polluters, we can't be part of any effort to rein them in yeah. because we're not even doing our part. Like, yeah, we're not going to be able to solve it on our own, but we can be part of the solution rather than part of the problem. And we're specifically being part of the problem, stopping anybody else. Yeah. Like we're making it less likely they'll do it. And in fact, I've mentioned it many times on this podcast because every time you see what happens at the climate conferences where we could be putting some pressure on the bigger countries to do their part. Yeah. A, we can't do it because we don't have, we don't do our own part. But B, our government's out there because of their because they're completely owned and controlled by the, the yeah. know, minerals industry. They're actually out there sabotaging all these agreements. Like we do more than just not do our part. We specifically actively, fight yeah. against action. <laughs> actively like, undermining everything. Yeah. Like, and these, the people who are who are feeling this on the ground, the farmers are keep, keep voting for the dickheads who do this. Well, that's it. Yeah, it's it's a it's a Southern Downs very safe liberal seat. It's the same as the Lockyer Valley where I'm where I'm recording from right now. Very safe liberal seat. Also purely agricultural based. Like most of the pretty much the whole industry here is agriculture. Uh, suffering horrifically because of the lack of water. All very safe liberal seats, and like you know, surely it's like- they grasp that that that, that you know the libs and the nats uh, do a lot more for um, the mining industry than they do for farmers. They really haven't. They they they, they absolutely haven't. They just you know it's the even when they're conflicts, like even when like you know the coal seam gas stuff, like when yeah. that's really when the farmers are pitted against the um, the, the the resources industry and the, <clears> and the um, energy industry, like. And that happens, but you remember when they had Michael McCormack and he was asked point blank when he's ever picked the farmers over those industries <laughs> and he couldn't name it ever, and no. it ever happened? Yeah. Well, could you name a single big policy area where the Nats have sided with the interests of farmers over the interests of miners when they've come into conflict? The National Water Infrastructure Development Fund, which has put another half a billion dollars on the table to build more dams. 
And how does that affect the mining industry? Well, um, well, I'm, I'm saying it's helping farmers. More no, than no, the mining no I, I'm not saying you don't do anything to help farmers ever. I'm, I'm saying, can you point me to a big policy area where that balance has been struck in favour of farmers rather than miners? Um, well, not, not straight off the top of my head. Yeah, he couldn't point that out, but they don't. I, I, I don't know what it is. I think it's it's a bit of a it's a tradition thing. It's like, well, always voted, always voted nationals, liberals. You know, I'm going to keep doing it. You know, like they're so. And here is a you know like a, a very much a place where there's a lot of people who love whinging about dull bludgers and love whinging about. You know, it's yeah. that very. It's that that they're so. Uh, ingrained into the conservative mindset and that narrative, you know, they, they just can't, they can't get past it. They can't get past it. Let's get to that. So but, but we're going to talk about the war on the poor and, yeah, that is that is the whole pitch. And also, yeah. let's let's talk. So there's, there's how does how do Libs persuade people in, in those areas to vote against their interests? It's the um, culture war shit of, like, attacking LGBTI people. Yeah. It's the racist shit of, of, of attacking refugees. And it's the classist shit of attacking the poor. So yeah. just, I, I'm not going to, the first two, we'll do, we'll concentrate on the poor, war on the poor one today. But I will mention briefly um, the war on LGBTI people, which is basically the religious right um, pitching for this bill. Mm. Now, uh, they have, they've given us this short period of time to look at it. I may do a spin-off episode uh, where I go th through, uh, I found a 15-minute uh, tweet at Well May We Say if you would like to like me to actually do this. But basically, there is a 15-minute <sighs> video that, that Martin Ills from the ACL put out responding to the government's draft religious discrimination bill, and he's not happy with it. Like they, their whole pitch is, it gives, but then it takes away because it's not clear enough about the ways in which their privilege is going to be enforced. <laughs> like it's it's suggestive enough that it's really scary for LGBTI people because the whole point and and it, there's a whole lot in that interview where he he bells the cat that it's entirely about their power to harm LGBTI people like that's yeah. the only thing they mean by religious freedom yeah but anyway I was gonna I was gonna break down that but I'm not gonna do 15 minutes of 15 minutes plus me responding to it on this episode because you know let's we've got lots to talk about other than that yeah. but if you would like me to do a, a spin-off tweet at well, well might we say on Twitter and, and I'll, I might do it. Do it. But I wanted to point out to people there's a big protest uh, happening on Saturday the 21st. I'm not sure it is around the country. I'll have to well, everybody, just have a look and see if, if there's, I assume there's one in all capital cities in Melbourne. It's meeting in, at the um, State Library uh, on that Saturday. Um, but I think we really need to be up there fighting it. And I've, I've noticed that the banners are things like um, no right to discriminate. Mm. And I really, if anybody from the um, campaigns is listening to this episode, can I suggest that that the problem with that is that they've already muddied the waters around what discriminate means. In fact, that's the name of the bill, Religious Discrimination Bill, where they're talking about themselves as being victims of discrimination. Yeah, yeah. By, by, by their right to discriminate against other people, uh, not being protected is discrimination. It's like... You're not tolerating my intolerance enough. Yeah, <laughs> intolerant people not tolerating not tolerating my intolerance. So, can I suggest that, that the pitch really needs to be, and this should be the line that's run consistently every time that we're talking about it, every time that the media actually pays attention to it, is no right to harm us. Yeah, because it's one hundred percent. Nobody's harming the fundamentalist lobby. No, the, their, their whole thing is about that they're being restricted from imposing their their power on other people, mm. and they want to not have any restrictions on their ability to impose their power on other people. Whereas the LGBTI people, like it's this is specifically about not a, not protecting LGBTI people from actual harm, like the fact that they can still be sacked by um, yeah. many employers, or the fact that um, hate speech like Israel flowers 
there's no vilification laws protecting people from that kind of hate speech and prohibiting that kind of hate speech. Yeah. His only problem was he pissed off his employer. But if he wasn't, if he wants to do it again now and he's not working for the employer, he can just do it again. There's no nothing restricting him. No, he yeah. can do what he likes. Yeah. That, that kind of hate speech, that harmful hate speech. Anyway, well, that's not being protected. And all what we're talking about is giving them new powers to harm LGBTI people mm. and harm trans people. Like, yeah. And I know that the government is happy to do this because it, it's this kind of thing that that appeals to people who haven't really thought it through or don't know any trans people, people in the you know in in your Queensland rural electorates who yeah. um, who you don't really want to be thinking too much about the fact that they're being screwed by their government. Mm. Um, but if you can convince them that trans people are coming to take away something important to them and that this is going to punch trans people, they are all for it because all this legislation is about harming them. They, yeah. That's what they're trying to do. But I think the soft support for this sort of shit. It's like, oh, yeah, no, religious freedom sounds like a good idea. Yeah. I think that's what you need to separate out from what this bill actually is and pointing out that this is a, this is not about, you know, rights and freedoms for them yeah. in, in any meaningful sense. This is about a right to harm people. Yeah, a right to be harmful. And it's not about, because they keep misrepresenting. It's like, oh, you know, you can't, you can't, you know, call, you can't misgender a person without it being, without them being all offended. No, it's because it harms them. Yeah. This is all about harm. No right to harm us. No right to harm us. Yeah. Like, I just it. think that needs to be the pitch. They're not asking for protection. They're asking for power. Yeah. It's not. I was, I was listening to something the other day. Uh, was it last night? And they were talking about how someone was being questioned on the bill. And they said, all right, so is this going, so this will protect, you know, like a Christian person from being discriminated against? So like, yep. Okay. Will this protect someone? Uh, is there any protections built in this for like uh, a lady wearing a hijab and getting abused in public for it? Is there any protection? And they're like, oh, no. You know, that's not gonna. There's not gonna be any sort of additional protections. So it's like, oh, oh, so it is just about harming. You know, like you say, giving them the power to harm LG uh, TBI people. It is just about harming them, and it's not really about protecting other religions. It's just about protecting their, or you know, improving their right to discriminate against the people they want to. You know, I mean, and the whole picture, like you can tell, the timing is it was response to marriage equality. Yeah, and and Martin Ellis and the ACL are quite clear when they're talking to their own people, yeah. that it is about pushing back against LGBTI people. Yeah. That is all of their examples. 100% of their examples are about things where they tried to harm LGBTI people and there was a like some minor pushback. Yeah. There is not a single instance of somebody just having their private religious belief um, and, and expressing their faith uh, in, a, in, a, in a way that isn't just attacking other people yeah. and finding some kind of oppression for it. They haven't got any examples of that. 100% of their examples are, we tried to demonise and demean LGBTI people. We're not allowed to do it. <laughs> and somebody said, you shouldn't do that. And even then, the, the consequences are so piss weak. Like, okay, Falau lost his job, but like... He's still got a shitload of money, and that's like they don't give a damn when you know uh, Michaela Banerjee lost her job for expressing um, an opinion anonymously on Twitter. No, like, yeah, people like yeah. If you're going to be saying that employers shouldn't have the power to um, police people's um, offline speech, I'd I'd be with you on that. Yeah, uh, but weirdly enough, that's not what the ACL or the Conservatives are pitching for. They're not no. pitching to improve workers' rights. Yeah, they're they're fine with that. They just think that there should be a special power where if, if you're a religious fundamentalist. Then you have the power if you're the employer, and you have the power if you're the employee. Yeah. I don't know what I don't know where it fits where it's the religion a religious employee being sacked by her religious employer. Yeah, for having a different. Well, that's it. if 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 Flower just said, "Oh, I I'm of Christian faith," 
there would have been no problem. The only time the employer got involved was then when he said, I, I've, I've, I believe that these people should go to hell because they're awful. You know, like that's – it was that extra step. If he did just – there's nothing – if he had just said – expressed his faith – that he uh, he believes fine, but then he's gone that extra step to be harmful. Yeah. Well, he put he put out there saying that that gay people are equivalent to um, liars and thieves, yeah. and they're going to hell, and as if that's a neutral thing to do. Oh, it's just my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I'm an extremely influential in that in in the sporting community in my um, in my ethnic community. Mm. Like, I'm an extremely influential person, and it's well established that LGBTI people are already vulnerable, marginalised victims of hate crimes. Mm. Like. People get attacked for being LGBTI. Like, it's not... Like, there is homophobic violence out there, mm. and he's inciting that in yeah. in his adoring audience. He's making that worse. He's increasing prejudice in the families that follow the sport that have might have LGBTI kids. They may have a trans kid who yeah. is now going to be being bullied back into the closet. Anyway, yeah. so I do think everybody needs to be there on the twenty on Saturday the 21st, yeah. and I do think that we need to pitch it much more clearly that it's about harm and stop letting them misrepresent it as being about, you know, hurt feelings and that we're snowflakes and all that. Yeah. No, it's about... This is the test. Basically, should be: Could you say this about Jewish people? Yeah, no. I think you've said that in previous episodes, and I love that. I think that is the that is the test because there's absolutely no way like they could get away with it. Absolutely yeah. none. That's that's and, where and the that's whole argument the, falls down. Yeah, and the reason is because we know the the Jews have already gone through that experience of what happens when that get, that is off the hook. Mm. So have gay people. Yeah, it's not like gay people weren't victims at the, at the same time, but um, yeah, we mm. recognised that's that speech does have consequences and it can grow to that. Yeah. And, yeah, the same thing applies. Like, anyway, mm. LGBTI people are a marginalised group in Australia today in the same way. And, but I don't think the ACL even recognise that. They think, they think that because there's some pushback and because, you know, now a majority of Australians think that LGBTI people should be allowed to get married and things. And, and that I think a majority of Australians don't think that LGBTI people should be able to be discriminated against. They just don't think that that's still happening because if you haven't been carefully watching the... I mean, the, the, the ACL to some extent have like exposed to people a reality that they perhaps were not aware of. Yeah. Those people are paying attention. Like, what did we see the other day? That like, only 15% of Australians are paying attention at the moment anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no one's actually no one's actually watching. Everyone everyone assumes it's all fine. Yeah. Anyway, the, the other one that we want to talk... So, so we're, we're getting on to the war on the poor. So, so okay. So, in order to get the farmers on board, as you screw, they screw their environment in, in favour of the, the big mining industry because apparently that's the only, only industry <laughs> yeah, that matters. That matters, yeah. So, yeah, cultural war stuff, uh, religious war stuff. The other one is, uh, before we get to war on the poor, the class war stuff is um war on foreigners xenophobia oh, and, so yeah. and so yeah okay so it's billa wheeler apparently I, I was mispronouncing it all billa wheeler I, actually i was listening to the last episode the whole time because i've i've been a billow and going billa wheeler it's billa wheeler oh, yeah. yeah that's uh it was driving me crazy but that's all right that's all right i remember daniel at the um race daniel used to read at the podcast they had a list up on the on the board of like all of the local australian towns from near albury um and how they're actually pronounced <laughs> yeah yeah. Just, if you just see it in the name, you're going to get it wrong. Yep. Anyway, I don't have one of those for the podcast, and I must have <laughs> been reading it. Like, I must not literally have heard anybody saying the word. I must have just heard the, all the audio. I must have heard had just referred to the family and all of the text. All the times I'd seen the name of the place. Must have been just yeah it. yeah well that's it yeah absolutely if you if you say it how it's read you were spot on but yeah it's yeah it is East Queensland there's there's plenty of small towns out here that yeah they just people just say the name wrong and everyone just goes no nah, that's just the way it is you know well, it's a good way of telling whether whether somebody's a, a, a local or not yeah yeah that's it of, of spotting them out like there's a, there's you know Leeburn's a town near here everyone calls it Leeburn 
but it's spelled- How far away is Billow from where you are? Oh, is it like six, seven hours northeast? Okay. I've done comedy there. They're apparently, uh, they've got, there's a group of them from uh, the community talking to, or trying to talk to um, Scummo today about it. And uh, there's footage on the, on the, you see on Twitter of, of them showing up with a, I'm not sure what was in the boxes. That something was in the box. I, I assume it was something. Um, I don't. I mean, I I would love the footage of Scummo like looking at them, like what's in the box? Oh, yeah. anyway, um, probably probably something far worse than than a grizzly head. It'll be, it'll be uh, letters from constituents being like, please stop persecuting. Me. Yeah. Hey, don't be a jerk. <laughs> yeah. But I think I think the thing is that it's totally futile because. Both Dutton, oh god, did you see the the footage of he's in, in that rap the, the video for the that car dealer? I think it was about him being being a the baddest politician. Or oh no, I didn't see that. Fuck. He's, he's embracing it, but basically Dutton and and Scamo are both dickhead um, former or well, Dutton's current, but like but people who've been in charge of our cruelty to refugees. Yeah. Um, and I think that they both have internalised this idea that. They're, you know, being macho and tough, being, yeah. suppressing those human emotions of, you know, compassion and empathy for other human beings. Yeah. You know, they're willing to go the hard. They're, they're, they're saving the rest of us. They're willing to take on um, the approbation from the rest of us. They're willing to take on the criticism, the slings and arrows. They're willing to yeah. be, um, you know, Batman at the end of the Dark Knight. And just, yeah. You know, I think Scummo sees himself like he can take it. Yeah, you know, he's 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 not the hero that we we deserve, but he's the hero we need right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, he's a real martyr. Yeah, they they genuinely. Yeah. I think the more that we tell them that they're being monsters, the more it fits in. They they're like, yeah. I mean, I'm look at me bravely taking on that criticism and condemnation. They don't understand it. They don't appreciate yeah. it. But I'm the I'm the thin racist line that's between <laughs> me between them and hordes of refugees swarming through this country. Yeah, they're both drowning at sea and also arriving safely. Um, <laughs> and like this is what really, yeah. But I think they both, they both fundamentally see themselves as tough, and that's the message of something. And I think that 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 they're pitched to a certain cohort of voters is successful on that. Like, Absolutely, they sold the idea that yeah, being tough, being strong. Yeah, that's you know strong borders. That's all about this macho idea of like it almost being a virtue to suppress human empathy. It, it they've, they've made it. They've, I, I think they've made. They've genuinely made it that way uh, on the people. You know, people to the right, or you know, even people who see themselves as centrist. Everything's they like. Oh, yeah, look, empathy's great, but you've got to be. You know, you've got to be reasonable. If you're being too empathetic, you're just being naive. You know, it's not the way the world works. You know, like, and they really do. Yeah, they view empathy as as naivety and uh, like that they're being the ones that are really, you know, you've got to make the hard choices and it's like, mm, you've got to make the right choices, I think. And sometimes I think the harder choice is to be to do the right thing, uh, back down a little bit, admit that you've, you're wrong or that in other cases, you know, and, and do the right thing. Uh, they never want to do that. Do, do you think, I don't know, I sometimes suspect that maybe, like you say, that with the that they, they love to see themselves as, you know, martyrs and that they're the ones making the hard choices and they're t- strong and they're copping the slings and arrows. Do you think that at all feeds into the religious element of it for them. Like they're both, you know, quite religious men. Do, do you see that as them seeing as like they're the, you know, like they're a martyr in a religious way? Then they're being the the saviors that we all need. You know, like they'll take the hits because they're gonna. You know, history is gonna look kind on think, them. I don't think they're willing to take the hits on the religious stuff. I think they think mm. the religious stuff um, is overall a vote winner in the in the marginals. I think they. I think that's more political calculating. I don't think either Scummer or Dutton think because they're not. They're not pitching it as them being tough on that. Yeah. 
they're pitching it as being um being being just about you know protecting ordinary people. i think that that whole thing is about that they have sympathy for and empathy for the bigots who hate lgbti people because both of them are uncomfortable with lgbti people yeah. and so any stories about somebody saying the sort of in uh, harmful shit that they themselves would sh- say if they could get away with it they're, they're innately sympathetic to that because yeah, that's exactly the shit they would be saying. Yeah. They don't they don't think if they, one of their kids was trans or gay, they would be horrified. They because they think it's they think it's bad, they think it's lesser, they think it's yeah. that, that that it's it's a um, it's shameful. Um they've internalized that and they the to the extent that it's about strength, I think they see themselves as being strong that they're not going along with the modern world. They're not being, you know, sec- they're not succumbing to this liberal sort of Degenerate sort of um, yeah. loss of principle. They, I think they probably see themselves as being like sticking to t- tested values, and that that whilst the world is going in a bad place culturally, they can at least you know do what they can to protect the people who know the right way, like themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I think that's more the mindset, um, and I, I think. Um, well, I mean, you saw what Scummo did when that asshole Chris Ullman um, took a photograph of that bathroom, which basically just said that PM, the, the Prime Minister Department, protected people of, of all gender identities and so forth, and, and um, used the bathroom they were comfortable with. Yeah. And Ullman took a photo of it, and within like an hour or two, Scummo was on, I think, Alan Jones on TGB, or maybe it was Alan Jones, but he was on TGB saying, "No, nah, I'll be getting rid of that." Like the, the point where, the, where his department was supportive of their staff is like, "Nah." Yeah. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Let's cross it out a minute. And, and nobody, none of the media ever ask point blank questions to both people like Scummo, but also also asshole um, advocates like Lyle Shelton and Martin Nillis. None of them actually, you know, Lyle Shelton before the marriage equality debate, none of them specifically asked them, do you think yeah. LGBTI people, do you think they are equal citizens, should have the same rights as everyone else? Yeah. Because they don't. Do they you think absolutely that, don't. Do you yeah. think, Scott Morrison, do you think that a trans woman is genuinely a, a woman. Yeah. Do you think that trans people are real? Or or do you think that it's a put on that it's like the, the all the anti shit from the from the ACL? Like yeah. no, no none of them ever asked them point blank on that because no. uh, but I'd love to see them do it because the bottom line is that I, I think if Scummo was being honest, he doesn't believe that a trans woman is a woman. Yeah, no. And no, he doesn't it, yeah. and he doesn't believe that gay relationships are equal to straight relationships. No. Yeah. Like he he believes that that they're lesser. Yeah, that's it. Even just ask him, I, I reckon if you ask him point blank, do you think being gay is a choice? I think he would say yes. I think, you know, even down to that, I don't think. Well, he'd fudge it. He would yeah. refuse to it. So you'd have to push him on it. Like yeah. all of these things that they don't want to answer, you have to ask them two or three times. Mm. And then they never do that. No, they just give up. They just give up. Yeah, it's weak. Like they let them brush it off with the evasion. Mm. Now, um, and, and in relation to that, let, let me do something astonishing. So anybody who's been with us since bloody Bolt Watch day, <laughs> Bolt Watch, remember Bolt Watch where we, where we tried to, I tried to respond to the crap from Bolt because I just got frustrated with it filling my other blog. Yep. Back then. So long time. Not a fan of Andrew Bolt. No? <laughs> I find that surprising. I know that everybody's like, oh shit, there's a butt coming. Holy <laughs> shit. What has happened to Jeremy? <laughs> what? What? Okay. I, I will I will be fair to Andrew Bolt on one thing. Have you seen? Um, it's on on Twitter this morning, and I haven't grabbed the audio of it, so I'm not going to play it on here. But basically, Bolt um, interviewing Gladys Lou. No, no, I haven't seen that yet. I, I don't watch anything. I can't. I can't watch anything he does. To be fair to Andrew Bolt, he does not let her go. 
So he's pinning her on basically the idea that Gladys Lou, and in relation to a bunch of her membership of a bunch of organisations that are clearly linked heavily to the um, Communist Party in China. Oh, okay, and, uh, yeah. And, and they're all about, about um, projecting that power in, in, into the parliament. And obviously she's specifically trying to be like, no, no, I'm, I, uh, I've got an oath and I put the Australia's interests first and that's how <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm a member of the parliament. So called. Um, but there's a whole lot of really chunky stuff. She's like, oh, I can't remember if I'm a member of that organisation or not. <laughs> and unlike somebody like Lee Sales interviewing Scummo this week, yeah. where he got to just say absurd shit like, pitching for a surplus doesn't take money out of the economy. What? Yeah. Like, you're, you're supposed to have done like a fragment of an economics degree, dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, but Lee Sales lets him get away with the shit. She never pins him to this stuff. Uh, yeah. But... Bolt actually did push through and he didn't let... And he did the thing which I'd like to see people on the left or... Sorry. <laughs> Where are these lefty journalists? Okay. Just yeah. people who are working for the ABC who are on the centre-right, like yeah. Lee Sales. They need to be able to push through... Don't take the first answer, but push them. Yeah. And then when they don't answer it, and this is the thing that Bolt did that I wanted to highlight, is say, everybody watching this can see you avoiding the question. Yeah. Yeah. Refusing to answer. We can see that you are refusing to... Identify how you think, like you're saying that Australia should be friendlier to China. You won't specify how. You won't criticise the dictator in in China. Yeah. You won't say, like, so basically being like, here's the question. And then when they fudge it, saying, so you're not going to be clear about that. And there it is. That's the point of interviewing them. Yeah. If they're ducking it, you know, it's not a courtroom. It's not like you're hoping for them to be like, you're goddamn right I ordered the code red. Like, that's not the point. Yeah. The point is when they're fudging it, if you're really skillful, if you can um, drag them around so they contradict themselves earlier and, like, you can be like, ha-ha, gotcha, great, if you can manage that. But even if you can't and they're just fudging it, your job is to highlight that they're that they're doing that. Make yeah. it very clear to your audience because that's why they're on your show to try and persuade your audience that they're not that bad. Yeah, you are the host of that program. Then that's the point where you say to your audience, you highlight it, and you'd be like, "Cool, well, I've given you multiple opportunities. You're refusing to do it. We can all see it." Yeah, yeah. You had a chance. You're refusing it. Yeah, you're not doing it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, don't let them just sideline it. And then just accept it and, and, and move away. Highlight, no, no, no. Yeah, you've avoided that. People now can see what you're really about. Yeah. And I mean, he even like did this bit where he'd asked a longer question that she fudged and he said, fine, I'm going to break it into two questions. And he did like, <laughs> like that, I don't, you don't see that on the ABC. You don't see that on any of the, jo- <laughs> no, they never call. The- anyway, yeah, it's just, it was like, please, more of that. But against evil people, although yeah. in this particular case he was going after a, a, a lib politician, um, as it as it happens anyway. Yeah. But um, yeah, like I'd like to see Scummo dealt with that way. Yeah. Keep it up, Scummo. Have to deal with it. Yeah. Have you ever seen the newsroom, the, the old TV? Was it? Is that the one with that um, clip of? God, what's the actor's name? But basically telling them that, no, America's not the best country, but in yeah. a really lame, like, West Wing liberal style. Like, exactly. That's exactly There's it. a lot worse than that, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. That's it. But the show gets to a point where, because, you know, it, it's about that. So he's a he's a, uh, a news anchor, well-respected or whatever. He's playing the game. And then the idea is that one day he just has that snap and he goes, you know what? Fuck the way we've been doing it. It's it's all wrong. You know this is you know I'm part of the problem sort of thing. Uh, oh, wow. And then so I, didn't, try- I didn't know there was a twist like it's, that. It's a great, like well, mad as hell, and I won't, I'm not going to take well, it anymore. I didn't know. That. No, yeah, that's kind of the whole point of it. Is he starts trying to do the news differently, and he and he at one point, I mean, 
I think it got cancelled after three seasons. I really enjoyed it. Uh, you know, it was a little bit like uh, it was like pr- progressive porn, really. I think like because it was just he was trying to do all the things you want to hear him do, and then it did get to a point where he's like, no, no, we're going to have a new way. He's trying to formulate a new way of interviewing uh, politicians and that, where he does just keep he doesn't let him move past. He just keeps grilling him and just keeps smashing him, and then it just uh, like almost immediately on the first try gets all shut down, and then you know the the uh, news organisation goes no. Nah, you can't do that. And like, it all just goes to shit for him. But you know, like he was, he had this idea and it's like, I actually think that that idea would be a good, it's exactly what you're talking about. Not letting him just brush past it and walk away from it. Like, yeah, it's, it's worth watching. It's a great show. Like, and it's really, even now, like it's five, six years old or something. Now I still think it's incredibly relevant. Like just to, to how they, they deal with that because it just, like you say, it's so frustrating even watching any any of them now, like even on Q and A, they let him get away with just so much bullshit. And just although I will say I did watch the most recent one, and that uh, is it, Jordan Steele John, the yeah, Greens, the, the, the Greens, yeah. yeah, yeah, he was great because he he just went the Liberal senator real hard, like he just did not did not pull punches, just went him. It was it was it was beautiful to watch, even when it because there's so much bullshit in what they're yeah. saying, and it's it's in, I can't watch. Insiders. I can't watch. I haven't actually. I, I watched an excerpt from the Lee Sales interview with with Scummo, and it was enough to be like, "Why are you letting him get?" I can't watch the whole. Like yeah. it's just at this point, it's beyond worthless because they get this whole thing. Like, like their whole pitch is still the ABC is this lefty hotbed, and I'm brave enough to go on there. <laughs> but then they gets on there, and he's so smarmy and friendly because why not? They're yeah. actually giving him an easy freaking ride. Yeah, uh, but they, but it's, but and this is why I actually don't. I, may, maybe the ABC are right that sure they're driving away all the lefties who would otherwise defend them against the privatisation of the ABC. But maybe, maybe the ABC's pitch and uh, maybe their approach will pay off for them. In that, right now they're more valuable to the Liberals than they would be if you got rid of them because. The Libs still get the Murdoch press still get, sells the AB does the does the job for the government of selling the ABC as being lefty. Yeah, and then the government goes on the ABC, and as lefty as it gets, is this is sort of insipid, um, sort of back massaging for Scott Morrison. <laughs> yeah, uh, to the point where they get to be like, see, look, I went on the tough shows, and and I still did well. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I they get they get to pret- yeah. yeah they get to pretend that they're that they're facing real opposition. And yeah, let's talk about the ALP yeah. when we get through the um, more on the poor stuff. But um, they get to pretend that and they get to, without it actually being a real challenge or actually yeah. them actually being properly held to account on any of this shit. But they get to pretend they've been held to account. Uh, yeah, they, and that is—is is this? I think the idea of it all is to make a switch off, though, isn't it? Like in the idea, just to to make everybody so sick of them not answering questions and so uh, disillusioned that they just switch off, like because that's when conservative conservatives benefit is when people aren't paying attention. You know, people are well, just. I think I think it's more avoiding accountability, but um, yeah. this is one of the things we're talking about with the ALP at the moment. Like they get. To to pretend that they're the opposition, but then their entire um, attack on the government is absolute weak source. And like they're present, so whenever you see, and we'll have when we get to um, Inju, we'll get to see the two sides of the argument being the ALP and the Libs. And the ALP side is so like they endorse so much of the premises of the, of yeah. the Libs positions, and they're just like tinkering around the edges. And you're like, that's not the opposition. Yeah, fuck, have the bloody Greens on. Yeah. They're an actual opposition. They will actually argue the other side of these arguments. Yep. Where the ALP won't. And it's like, in the same way as the ABC being our supposedly lefty, lefty organisation yeah. isn't, like, it's infuriating being a progressive person that you keep being told 
these these are the people out there. Yeah, no, your voice, your views get heard. Yeah, you, know, you have yeah. you have the ABC out There's there. There's people like, on your side. Yeah, they're not on my side. No. They're not advocating anything progressive. Yeah. The ALP are not on my side. They're not advocating progressive policies. Yeah, don't. There is. It's like we're being. This this complaint from the right that they're silenced in there with their you know multiple if, the fact that they control every media outlet yeah um, including including like the fact that Nine and Fairfax hosted a freaking yeah fundraiser for the libs I mean yeah. fuck we've got Murdoch and we've got Nine and Fairfax this is our media empire like it's entirely right wing yeah and we and, and and we're like we're silenced but told by being told that these people speak uh, they're they're putting your views yeah when they're not. No, like we're 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 so far silenced that our views aren't even being accepted as being our views. No, we're being told something else is our views. Yeah, yeah, that's and yeah, it's just, it's the same. It's, I suppose it's the same strategy as uh, you know the, the religious uh, you know element to it, where it's they're just playing the victim the whole time, even though they're the ones with the power. Like it's yeah. it's actually a brilliant strategy. Make it because that fires up your fan, you know, your base like nothing else. Is that oh we're under attack? You know these lefties are out to get us. Everything's lefty. We you know so everyone's like no nah, no nah, we got to get them. We got to get them back. You know we got to fight. But then you know well no just- to be fair the the lefties have been out there oppressing religious people, stopping them getting married. Yeah. Um, you know and inside and that's why there's so much uh, anti-Christian uh, violence on the streets. Yeah. Seen that? Yeah. Oh, it's heaps yeah. of it. People I- people are, 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 you know they they have to stay in the closet as being Christian at home because yeah. uh, otherwise they'll be kicked out of the home. You know, that happens. Yeah, no, that's it. Yeah, it happens all the time. Well, in my imagination, let's put, you know, I, I imagine that happens. Yeah, I did well, once. Well, they imagine it happens. Really. <laughs> yeah, I did once at work think, like I remember I was asked to do a job for a particular church that I take a large issue with and I remember thinking once, I said to my boss, look, I don't really agree with what this organisation, how it conducts itself. Can I just refuse to do the job? He was like, yeah, you can, but. You lose your job, it's like you'll be sacked. It's like, oh, rightio, fair enough. Like you know, can't even can't even take a minor stand of just you know saying no, I want to do that. Like it was just a quote, it wasn't even like yeah, anyway. But anyway. Oh, but I, I love the way that I love the way they pitch it too. Like they think they should be able to refuse service to people that they don't agree with. You know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't. I, I'm a baker. I shouldn't have to serve the gay people. I don't. I don't like their lives, but. Like it's my role to judge them, but then <laughs> if you were trying to, but then they specifically demand legislation that stops you from saying, "Well, I don't support fundamentalist Christians' lifestyle, yeah, yeah. so I refuse to serve them." No, <laughs> they, they specifically want protections against that. So basically, yeah, they want to be protected from being discriminated against themselves, whilst being protected as they discriminate against other people. Yeah, the yeah. people who are actually being harmed. But yeah, so Sorry, I just I got sidetracked. <laughs> oh, you know, we went back. We back. Yeah. Okay, let's let's move on. Because the the big two things this week are the Scummo government's distraction from the absolutely appalling economic figures. <laughs> um, so you know, let's let them have what they want, which is that we're going to just completely ignore these chaotic, disastrous <laughs> Australian economic figures, where the country is not at recession, but we because it needs a certain number of quarters of, of yeah. negative growth, um, and they had some commodity prices which saved their asses, but. Like all of the figures are like the tax cuts didn't stimulate anything. Yeah. Um. What was one of the tests? Are the you know things like new cars. They're they're usually a good indicator of, of whether yeah. there's going to be growth. Nah, that's stuffed. Um. Productivity somehow down. But and the only solution the conservatives ever have for if productivity is down is to cut wages more. <laughs> like, anyway. So look, 
shitty economic figures, no matter how much um, Josh Frydenberg wants to stand up there and say, we've solved the wage cam. Yeah. yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, they, they, they keep using like the jobs growth as the, the that's their one shining light. Oh, look, you know, jobs growth is great, but it's like, yeah, but they're all part-time and casual. Like it's all just breaking up existing jobs into, you know, existing permanent full-time jobs. You can't into, live on yeah. any of them. No, yeah, absolutely. They're not going to do it. You know, every, that's why every second bar, you know, person out there now is an Uber driver because no one can live on their, you know, you can't live comfortably on the one wage. Yeah. Anyway, so look, let, let's let them have their distraction until I can get um, Greg Joho to come back on the podcast to explain to me the, all, the, all the fundamentals about how badly they're screwing us all. He, uh, did you did you uh, did you listen to the the Guardian podcast? The Guardian. I didn't. Oh, I heard, I heard heard him and um, what was the person from the? No, he's not West Australia anymore. He's gone to Fairfax, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that was him. Yeah, that was him. But he's he's about to go back or something. But anyway, yeah, that was that was a great little thing with Greg and Jericho sort of going. No, there's not really any good news from it. Like, it's all pretty grim. Yeah. <laughs> and they don't have any... Po- like, all... The- but, but what was it? The point he made was, like, um, look, they can't cut interest rates to simulate any growth anymore. Um, they tried the tax cuts, and weirdly, people sat on it. It was like, we couldn't see that happening. Anyway, so putting that to one side, let's deal with their their third strategy. So you've got your, 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 cult, your, your religious war, culture war shit. Um, you've got your war on, on foreigners shit. And the most fundamental thing that the conservatives believe in at their very core, like the liberal wet and the liberal drive fundamentally believe in, which is the poor need to be punched in the face a lot more. Yeah. And Scummo's new way this week of A, distracting from any attention to shitty economic figures and also doing precisely what he wants to do. We've got, what, the Indu card expansion and yeah. adding drug testing to people receiving new start. Yeah. It's grim. All right, so Scummo uh, has made it clear because he was talking to business people the other week that he, what he wants is the private uh, sector to be more involved in uh, the provision of what he calls welfare, but is social security. And as like we've seen with prisons and everything else, you, like, these aren't real markets. There's no way to compete on the quality of service provision yeah. because the people who are receiving that service can't, can't choose it. Like It's not like prisoners can go... Oh, it's a shitty prison. I, I I would like to go to that one over there. Yeah. Oh, okay, sir. Well, off you go. Like, that's not how they work. So to do it, you have to put in um, bullshit metrics. They can't also compete on cost either because if they... Like, they've got to carve out a profit motive where... Like, it's not like the public service isn't brutally cutting wages and conditions anyway. Yeah. Like, um, the only way that, pri- that private industry can, can squeeze out a profit motive is, yeah, to underpay or to underprovide and to try and get away with it. Yeah, and that's and, what they'll um, do. Yeah, that's exactly what they'll do. <laughs> yeah. So in order to do it, since you can't compete on price and you can't compete with other companies because only one can be doing it at a time, yeah. the only way to do it is to have metrics. So given that Scummo wants to do that and he wants to take the social security system in that direction, which is a horrifying direction, in the same way as privatizing prisons has been. like Yeah. Oh. Um, or privatizing electricity. Like, it ends up making everything worse for everyone except for the company that gets to sit in there and carve out a profit motive as yeah. a profit margin from it. Yeah, they just get to just sort of invent a. Yeah. Have you seen? I just finished. I know I keep talking about TV shows all the time, but that's kind of my thing. Uh, I, I just watched the most recent season of Orange is the New Black. And, you know, like the, a large part of the one of the running themes of it is the privatization of the prison and how that's been used. But then in this last season, uh, they've been, it's uh, a, a big chunk of it's been about like the privatization of the ice camps, the, the ice detention centers. Oh, God. Where they're privatizing. How 
uh, and like so that it's it's that same profit margin again where they they literally build a courtroom in the center to save money on having to ship people off and they're just like as soon as they get in the courtroom they're just sending you know they're just deporting people like basically like it's just and then they have this scene where they think they're building it for like an adult thing but then it's kids and they got the kids there representing themselves without a uh, without a well, lawyer that's, that's real I yeah, think there yeah. was a, I think there was a John Oliver thing on that like a year or two ago where yeah, literally, they they two year olds have put up there. This is before the um the, before the I think it's even before Trump. Yeah, the immigration courts there they don't have proper right. lawyers. They they basically two year olds are being asked to to argue a case. It's yeah, like my two year olds like you know wanting to get involved in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> like, she's not, not able to argue a case. That's yeah. Anyway, but that's we, it. They, we, so, they break it down to the show like down to the metrics again as well. Like they've got to get through a certain number of these a day to keep their profits going. Like it's that same so, metric mindset. Yeah. So we get we've got the drug testing. We've got injury. So let's do injury first. So um, the injury card has not been a success by any measure mm. uh, because they, they their own survey of it showed that most people didn't feel that they were helped by it. Um, and and a significant number felt that they made their lives substantially harder, and you can imagine why. Like, yeah, your whole the whole idea of uh, first of all that the eighty percent of this below subsistence payment that is uh, restricted to being on this card. Um, first of all, a huge proportion of people's uh, income is spent on housing. Mm. Um, you can't necessarily use this card for if you if your agent will take it for your rent. Will they take it if you're sharing a house? Can you pay the other people in the house? So that, like yeah. if you're on Centrelink, you can't rent anywhere in Melbourne or Sydney or any of the capital cities now. So you've got to share houses. How would you do that with the injury card? Like yeah. if they won't accept broken down bits of rent. Any landlord who's like, no, it has to be one figure. How are they paying? Like yeah. there's so many, you can't buy food at markets where it's cheaper. You can't. Like, yeah. There are so many things that have become substantially harder to try and make that already well below, of course, $135 a week below the poverty line. Yeah. Even by design, this is almost impossible to deal with. And that's before you get into the fact that it's not really a financial institution. It's a private company that isn't like regulated the same way as actual banks are. No, and yeah. it often fails to actually pay out money. Yeah. There's often these huge problems with it. And the idea that this is being expanded and their justification is... It'll stop uh, people using buying drugs. Like what? Kicking people off Centrelink is going to stop people buying drugs? No. Yeah. People who are addicted to drugs will find. How do you think they're going to find that money? Yeah. The whole rhetoric about drugs is that it's like a, a crime problem. Well, what do you, you think is going to happen? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure they're going to take it take it well uh, when they're like. What do they think people without any hope do? Like once yeah, you get like, down to that point, once you've got nothing else to live for, you're gonna go. You're either gonna just you know run yourself into the ground or throw yourself off a bridge, or you're gonna go after the like you know you're gonna start committing crime. You're gonna take it from somewhere if you can't get it anywhere else. You'll take it. Like if you kick people off so that they don't have any money to live on, <laughs> is it even morally wrong for them to steal to live at that point? Like, yeah, yeah. I, I would suggest yeah. no. <laughs> like, stealing to stay alive is a much lower crime yeah. than letting people starve. Yeah. yeah, no, you've, your first priority is staying alive. Thank you. It's, oh, it's just mad. It um, is. And there's huge connections between Inju and the Nats and the Libs, like the, yeah. the people at the top of it. It's it's a shonky thing. Jackie Lambie's gone, come back and said, oh, she'll support it, which is possibly enough for the government to get it through on the basis that she's been up there and seen it working well. Like, where? How? Yeah. Where did you get this from, Jackie? What are you talking about? Yeah. It's not, who is it working well for? And the bit about the drugs... 
their whole line is, oh, well, it's, you know, three times people on, on news, on, uh, no, it's not even on Newstart, people who aren't unemployed. So that's not actually necessarily people who are mm. um, receiving a Centrelink payment even. Because, like, yeah. if you, um, I would be considered unemployed by the government as a stay-at-home parent. Yeah. <laughs> that, But I'm not getting anything from the government for it. Huh. Like, how, how are they? Anyway, in any case, it's like, you know, 4% of those using ICE and 1.5 or something of people who are currently employed are using ICE. But, and there's slightly more people who are unemployed using cannabis than employed. But yeah. th- even that, even those figures contradict Scummo's claim that you can't use cannabis and be working because yeah. there's a huge chunk who are doing yeah. that. Like, oh. it's just false. Yeah, it's and just it, not. And right. a lot of people using ice and working, apparently. Yeah. Um, maybe some of them not on the roads. But, yeah. like, Th- those are bullshit, and it ignores the fact of too. If you're just worried about um, illegal job uh, drugs, cocaine use is substantially higher amongst yeah. employed people. Weird that. Like- and alcohol is like alcohol. People on the job are drunk. Or, like I, I know so many people in so many different industries across so many. Everyone I know, everyone's doing drugs. Like everyone's like it's like it's so widespread. It's just this willful uh, disregard of the fact that oh, like everybody does it. Like I know so many people. Like, you know, it's just oh, well, you got photographs of the prime minister. Uh, the Prime Minister, as the Prime yeah. Minister, like, you know, doing the, the, the beer and then putting on his head. Oh, and got, that's right. like, yeah. that sky, What the hell is... Oh, God, you saw the... Um, that he's decided that he's going to try and name... He doesn't get to name the Prime Minister's plane, but anyway, there is a $250 million new plane for the Prime Minister in his entourage. Jesus Christ. Deranged that we're wasting that much money on, on this. So, yeah. Oh, no, he needs to be able to fly with 100 people. When he, no, he doesn't. No, what? he absolutely doesn't, you know. Anyway, <sighs> yeah, no, he wants to call it Shark... One. Of course he does. Because he's one of the boys. He's just, well, you know, he's the everyman, you know, just like every every average Aussie bloke with his private plane wants to name it after his favourite football team. <laughs> yeah, it's, just, it, it's yeah. just revolting. I Anyway, um, but it's so hypocritical. You're right. They, like the politicians are boozed out of their brains a lot of the time. Oh, they, and, yeah. and Lambie's thing was I'll only agree to drug testing if the politicians do it. Um but let's let's step back a second for that. I, I yes, it would be amusing in the sense that it would catch out the hypocrisy of it. Yeah. But only if like, but I don't think they're talking about drug testing for like alcohol testing. Like I'd like no. to do blood alcohol tests like every yeah. time they enter the chamber. If you want to do that. Well, the amount of times you see photos of politicians or something like asleep in the chamber, like just and of mm. course that's because they've had a couple of beers at lunch or whatever. They go back into the chamber in the afternoon. And they're just asleep. Like that's how it happens. It's ridiculous. So guys, and they'll come out with bullshit excuses. Like, okay, so here is here is some footage um, that was put up today, uh, and I didn't think I could actually go back. So we're now recording on on uh, we're recording the rest of this on Thursday, um, and uh, we didn't have this footage earlier of, of Barnaby talking about. Do you remember we were specifically talking about um, earlier in the in the podcast yeah. about how um, the excuse is, "Oh, well, Australia can't do anything about it." Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We're not a, yeah. if they have to concede, it's happening. Yeah. All right. I'm going to play. So I'm, I'm, the reason I'm I'm going back is because the second part of this interview with Barnaby is where he talks about how, where he's asked by Cavellus, um why should older Australians be drug tested? And I love the the whole idea that yeah, but you know, of course it's okay for us to go after young people and punish them. But what about old people like us? <laughs> anyway, um, and his response to that is to be like, oh, old people who work in industries that like driving heavy machinery and stuff, they get drug tested. And you're like, yeah, because that's relevant. Yeah, like rather than just punishing them for not. Like, anyway, yeah. we'll get to Barnaby doing that. But before that, in that very same interview, he comes back and there's this brilliant bit of audio we didn't have earlier, but we do have now, where he flat out 
admits that it's real, humans are changing it, and then pretends, contrary to what we've just been talking about, how uh-huh. like we we deliberately sabotage uh, climate agreements. And in fact, uh, we just did it in the Pacific. Uh, and the fact that we refuse to do our part, so we can't even advocate for, for this. Uh-huh. This is Barnaby, a man who presumably votes, even though he, you know, his one vote doesn't change everything, but yeah. it's part of the thing. This is Barnaby claiming that it's a problem. We're doing something. You know, it's definitely a real thing. But we in Australia, just there's nothing we can do about it. <laughs> Here's Barnaby. Colleague David Littleproud says he's not sure whether climate change is man-made. Well, is that useful contribution? I think it's qu- quite clear that what everybody gets frustrated about is the belief that by a piece of legislation in this parliament, you can change it back. There's, there's, there's no change to the climate that we can make in this building. That is a fact, categorical fact. And the, the idea that we make people poorer for no real purpose because it doesn't actually change the climate. That's no, different. Unless, That's about the way you respond. The actual issue of whether you believe climate change is man-made was at the I substance think, of my question. No, I, I listened to uh, David's report. He said the climate is changing. It's changing. It's undoubtedly changing. But isn't it It would man-made? be a ludicrous statement to say the climate is not changing. Uh, and, 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 yes, I absolutely believe that man has some effect on that. But I absolutely state as a categorical fact there is nothing that we can do in Australia by ourselves that's going to have any effect on it whatsoever at all and um, that basically if we go down a path of buddy, economic self-immolation and think that that is that how is somehow a solution no it's not and you know we have to be discerning in that issue about how we go forward and I also doubt sometimes that uh, you know, people who are less likely to be hurt by the legislation are the greatest professors of the righteousness of the legislation. The people who are poor in the weatherboard nine who can't afford their power bill are the people you must have at the forefront of your mind before you make their life more difficult by jacking up power prices or any other peculiarities that you want to put in legislation for no purpose at all, but to basically make you feel good uh, because it's not changing the climate whatsoever. How? Can they keep saying that doing anything about climate, like, you know, changing to renewables or anything is going to increase power prices? If we rely more heavily on solar, it's mostly free. Like, how? I don't, like, well, yeah, yeah. that's exactly right. Like, even um, Trumbull's out there now, yeah. now that he's not prime minister and he, he's um, willing to say things that aren't absurd. Um, I think they're just absurd in contrast with what he did when he was prime yeah. minister. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, renewables are cheaper, you dickhead. Yeah. Like, that's the whole point. And, and and in terms of Barnaby, like insofar as doing something about uh, carbon carbon prices and like <laughs> phasing that out, insofar as that has any impact on power prices, you know what you do? You have a scheme yeah. that compensates people <laughs> f- if they are lower incomes so that they are ahead. Yeah. And that's precisely what the Gillard and Greens, the ALP Greens carbon pricing scheme did yeah. is gave more money to if, if you were on a lower income, you ended up ahead because the amount that you were compensated was ahead of the price. Yeah, like this idea that we should that that, that Barnaby cancelling that, yeah. and and keep in mind they 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 claimed that they weren't going to cancel that payment and then did. Yeah. they're like, oh yeah, no, we're not going to do that. You're just going to be ahead if we get rid of the carbon price. And then as soon as the carbon price was gone, they're like, you don't need that anymore because we got rid of the carbon price. Yeah, yeah. like. So if poorer people are worse off. Like Absolutely you were being are. compensated. There was a compensation payment you were receiving that that was putting you ahead. The reason why things have got worse for you is because Barnaby and his mates in the Conservative Coalition yeah. screwed you on it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that, yeah, that's what's going to happen. Like, 
it's it is it's so frustrating. He acting like you know, like if we if we transition away from coal or whatever, it's just gonna ruin our economy. And we're like, no one's suggesting that we just close all the power all the coal power stations and walk away. And then oh well, just you know, if people go, you know, people suffer. That's everyone's saying. Everyone who says we need to you know transition to to renewable energy, part of that is. There will be schemes in place to manage that because that's what governments yeah. do. We manage transitions. Nobody's proposing to just turn it off yeah. and say, "Sorry, no power for everybody." Yeah, yeah, sucked in. Yeah, no, that's yeah. It's just and the evidence for that is the one thing that you guys screamed: the carbon tax is destroying us all. That scheme, you can see what happened, which is that <laughs> we put in there was there was money put in to make it better for people who were poorer. Yeah, that is precisely what it did, and it worked. And you can tell that in the last six years since that. It's gotten worse. Yeah, Pow- like yeah, the it's evidence only gone is there. Up. Yeah, yeah, that's it. It's it's just blatantly obvious that they've been in control now. Feel like you say for for over six years, and things keep getting worse. They don't know what they're doing. Like they're not. No. Yeah. Uh, was- okay, so we've gone back to the climate, and we we've got to get forward to the drug testing and injury. Okay. But before we do, let me play you just a little bit more from Barnaby. So this is actually he's asked a question by Patricia about the drug testing. Yeah. Um, and instead of answering it, and he, he comes back to this topic in relation to the bushfires that we were talking about earlier. So yeah. you remember how I made some side remark about Murray Watt, um, you know, oh, yeah, because he's, he's he can't talk about this stuff in Parliament because he's got to be out there fighting fires. Yeah, yeah. Check out Barnaby bringing Tony Abbott back into it. First thing, I just want to say one thing in regards to uh, climate change. If people believe the bushfires are caused by climate change, then you'd have to acknowledge the great work being done by former Prime Minister Tony Abbott, who, as we speak, is at Drake fighting bushfires. I don't know how many other former Prime Ministers are in a bushfire brigade out fighting bushfires, but Tony Abbott is to okay, be commended on the work he's doing. You've taken it back to Tony Abbott. Now answer my question about drug testing. Well, it's statistics, is it? Some of our ex-prime ministers, because we've got so many at the moment, have to be firefighters. Like, just as a, a pure numbers thing, we've just got so many ex-prime ministers wandering around these days that, uh, you know, statistically some of them are going to be firefighters. Like, it's just, I don't know. Look, well, if, if Barnaby's point is that Tony Abbott is uh, doing good work out there fighting bushfires, that's fine. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I have no problem with Tony Abbott being out there fighting bushfires. Yeah, good job. I yeah. prefer that he made that do that full time. <laughs> it's far less damaging. That, that is something where you can contribute positively to the community, as opposed to what you actually did, which is come in, wreck any action on climate change, and make it more likely we're going to have more of these freaking things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, that's even at the start of that interview where uh, uh, Barnaby was talking about David Littleproud. Like, yeah, he is the member for areas like the Southern Downs and that. Which is currently on fire at the moment. Oh, and the remarks that they were talking about was that he's come out and said he's not convinced. Like, this is the man who's supposed to be re- <laughs> responsible for addressing this problem. Yeah. He's like, I'm not convinced that it's real, <laughs> like, that it's man-made. Yeah. I'm not convinced that it's that it, You know, maybe, maybe it is. Maybe, who can say? I mean, scientists. <laughs> but maybe what, who, who other than the vast majority of the world scientists could possibly say this? Yeah. It's, just, it's a mystery. You got to have, you know, you've got to have a balance. You got to be like the the scientific evidence and my half-assed um, political theory. Yeah. Like those two things are it's both sides. Both sides are important. Anyway, getting back to the drug yeah. testing. Um, so this is what um, in that interview, Carvelis asked Barnaby. Final question: Do you think older Australians should be, you know, peeing in cups and getting their hair cut for random drug tests? Uh, well, you know, I, I think that's a. Uh, first thing, I just want to say one thing in regards uh, climate change. It. Sorry, so that's the bit where he's asked the question and avoids it and talks about Tony firefighting. So we just come back in. Tony Abbott is to okay, be commended on the work he's You've taken it back doing. to Tony Abbott. Now answer my question about drug testing. Well, it, look, if you uh, if you're 
If you're an older person working with heavy on the heavy industry, you'd be drug tested. If you're working in the mining industry and you're an older person, whatever that definition is, you'd be drug tested. If there'd be so many other workplaces, you'd be drug tested. I, 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 you know, that's part and parcel of the world we live in now. No, no, it isn't. <laughs> they're not being drug. T- yeah, it's not. It's not because you're not being drug tested to decide if they're, because you know if they're good or bad people. They're being drug tested because there's a safety issue there, and if they do their job under the influence of anything, like yeah, yeah, things could go horribly wrong. You know, like you know, yeah. uh, it's a health and safety. Oh, I mean, thing. I mean, if you're gonna, you know, it's like we've got rules that you've got to wear a seatbelt when you drive a car. And, you know, we're now suggesting that people on Newstart should have to wear seatbelts at all times in their homes. Sitting in the, sitting at the couch, yeah. sitting at the table, they need to wear seatbelts. They need to have seatbelts installed and they need to wear those seatbelts. And don't you tell me that it's not appropriate to be doing that because we make people wear seatbelts when they're driving in cars and it's the same yeah. thing. What the f- <laughs> Hard. I'm tired of hardworking, honest Australians having to wear seatbelts <laughs> and all these lazy old bludgers are going around. They could yeah, fall out I, of their seats any time, you know. When they get on planes, they have to go through metal detectors. Why is it that poor people don't have to go through metal detectors when they enter their houses? They have, what the f- That is the most brainless. Anyway, uh, and by the yeah. way, talking the testing thing. so ridiculous. One, one of the things about drugs too is like cannabis stays in the drug. So there's plenty of people who will be, particularly if you're poor, because did you? I didn't realize mm. this. Apparently, me, the, we're gradually getting medical cannabis, but it's really, really expensive. Mm. Like of course it ludicrously is, yeah. expensive. Yeah, uh, particularly it takes it costs money to take out any aspect which is pleasurable about it. Like you've got to make sure that that there's only pain relief yeah. and there's nothing enjoyable because poor people or sick people should not be enjoying themselves. They should not have a good time. No, um, and yeah. so so people who are poor who have the kind kind of. Um, pain relief situations which are benefited by by cannabis yeah. source it another way they source actual cannabis yeah. because it's vastly cheaper yeah why well, wouldn't you yeah. and guess what now this policy like so people who have a legitimate medical need but can't afford the medical one the, and, and therefore deal with it another way will be caught out with this because cannabis stays in the bloodstream for so much longer whereas somebody who uses ice or cocaine yeah like, if they know when the drug test is going to be, yeah. they just don't do it just before that. Yes, yeah, like, take a couple of so days off. Ca- yeah, yeah well, that's right. Uh. So you're not going to be able to catch people using harder, more serious drugs that go in and out of the system fast. Yeah. You'll just catch people using minor drugs like cannabis, which has a legitimate bloody medical use. Yeah. It's just that there's an access problem at the moment and an affordability problem at the moment. So, yeah, once again, it's, it's entirely this whole... We hate the poor. We want them to suffer things. We just like, want everyone to suffer, yeah. It, it was interesting because I, I saw I was on the, on the drum. They had Amanda Vanstone talking about the um, oh drug God, testing. Oh, my God. It's a horrible mistake. And Vanstone was going on about, is it really, uh, you know, like it's illegal to do drugs. Is it really that hard to ask the people on Newstart to obey the law? It's like, okay, well, then follow that logic. Is it really that outrageous to expect any of us to obey the law? So why not drug test Everybody, every day, constantly. Hmm. Why not live in that? You know, like if that's how it is, why is it just people on social security that should have to, you know, like obey the law? And it's almost like if the conservatives got their way, they'd be perfectly happy to do that. Like it is a right wing position to be wanting to you know, yeah. spread out drug testing everywhere. Like <laughs> their whole position is is one of of government control over those sorts of and, and like like a lot of they present themselves as like you know the, the civil liberties um, side of politics. They're not. They they. I mean, the whole point about criminalising drug use is, is about government control. Yeah. They don't want to treat it as a health problem. No. They want to treat it as a criminal problem. Uh. And, yeah, I mean, it, this, the, when we turn around, people turn around and be like, ah, oh, why don't we drug test politicians? Well, that's not... 
whilst in terms of making the point, driving the point home to them, hopefully, of like how intrusive that would be. And if they're conservative politicians, they probably lack empathy for other human beings. So maybe making the point of how would you like it if it happened to you is the only way to get them to realize, yeah. oh, yeah, that'd be shit. But in terms of the general principle of it, I'd lefty shouldn't be arguing that. No, yeah, yeah absolutely. No, no, no just yeah. have more people be drug tested. Yeah. No, the the problem is having that being yeah, yeah that control in the first place. It's just outrageous that they think that just any like you know I suppose it just comes back to the whole drug issue. You know the idea that people forget that drugs are they feel good. Why is it a moral to want to feel good? Like, I just uh, oh, it's a weird religious thing. Yeah, it like, is. Yeah, absolutely. This idea that the only good good feeling you should get is from um, religion. Yeah, from God, it's from Jesus, not yeah. from. And you shouldn't be able to get around that by finding other ways of, of feeling pleasure, which is also you know a large part of what's behind their their resentment of um, sex. Yeah, it's all about controlling what kind of joys people are yeah. allowed to have. Who gets to have pleasure? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Oh, and, and fundamentally, like the all of the stuff, the demeaning, the idea that that it's okay for somebody to have eighty percent of their income controlled by the government. And by the way, there's also a civil liberty problem that the government gets um, a list of what's being spent on the card too. Like your the uh, government gets to see, like how intrusive is that? If, yeah. if the government got to go through your bank statements. And again, it's all about restrictions on the on poor people's lives. Yeah. That nobody who who's okay with this would be okay with it if it was done to them. Yep. Nobody thinks it's all right for the government to go through their bank statements. Yeah. And the only logical basis, the only thing you can conclude from that is that they think that poor people are worse people. They are lesser people. They deserve it. Yeah, they're bad people. Yep, they're immoral. Same as you've said, you've said it yourself about renters before. It's like, you know, if if the bank, I mean, for my job, <laughs> my job is to go to people's houses when they're when they're getting mortgages, and people hate it. Like, you know, you've made the point about you know with renters. Uh, with the the constant inspections, if people who are applying for mortgages had to have someone go through, you know, once every six months or whatever to check that they're keeping their house tidy enough. And I, I remember from when I was renting, it is often like so arbitrary. I once failed a rental inspection because I had dust in the window tracks. And you're like, what? yeah, literally they, they failed me. They said I had to fix it up. I had to pay a professional cleaner to come in and fix it up. And then, they, you know, it's like, it's like dust in the window tracks, really. Oh, and because I didn't – like there was a bin under my desk that had a bit of paper in it or something. Like it wasn't completely empty when they went through. My, Why is that a thing that you have to do in your own home? You're paying them rent for a home. Yeah, exactly. What the hell? What the hell business is it of theirs? Yeah. It's deranged. Like imagine the kind of bizarre control freak who yeah. – like some – Vicious little land rat. Mm. It's like uh, my job is to control how poor people live in their homes. Yeah, yeah. Fuck. What makes you think that that's a thing you should be doing, yeah. or that it's a right you have? Like that's mad. It is. It that's is so mad. It's insane. And then it's just they're just expanding that to, to this now too. It's like, oh well, we've we've got the market clamped down so we can control uh, how you live in your home. Now we're going to control what you spend, <laughs> like uh, what you can buy, and we'll tell you what you can buy and what you can't. You know? Oh, now, and keep in mind, so apart from the fact that, like, just on the simple idea that Indu specifically stops people from making the most of their below subsistence payments, so it specifically will create huge hardship. So even if yeah. you take away the, the indignity of it, like, it's, it's humiliating putting that card down, because um, basically you have to out your, out your um, income situation to a sh- to people at shops. Yeah. Um, it forces you to use more expensive shops because they're the ones who, who have um, credited with the with the Indu um, system. Oh, yeah. Um, if it, so basically it creates hardship. Um, it's ma- and that and that's separate from the huge indignities of it and the, and the idea of the government getting to go through your your you know your your spending, getting to tell you what to do and getting the, just those elements are offensive. But the fact that it makes life worse for people who are already you know being made homeless anyway by the by the fact that it's so far below the poverty line. Yeah. 
So those two things. And then, <laughs> then, then you've got this whole other element. And this is the one that um, I, I'm going to play you um, a moment in a moment. The, uh, the, this is how it's ca- covered on commercial media. So you've got Sunrise bringing on an opponent being... Joel Fitzgibbon from the ALP, who's not really much of an <laughs> yeah. opponent. He's, he's, um, and we'll, we'll talk about that in a sec. Um, but how they introduce it. And you'll notice that the thing they talk about, um, they present the the lefty side as weakly as they can. Yeah. What they don't point out to their viewers is that it costs $10,000 per person on this freaking card. Yeah. This is, like, it is... If their viewers don't give a shit about the indignities to the poor people, to the poor, and if they if they don't have the empathy to or the, the the imagination to understand how a card like this could actually push people into homelessness and so forth, like make make it even harder for them to survive. Mm. Even if they don't have that, the one thing that Sunrise viewers would be pissed off about is paying more money for yeah. it. Like in due costs, the taxpayer money. But yeah, it's, it's so much of the things they do. They like, like you say, when they just arbitrarily like to shit on poor people or immigrants or whatever, it all costs money. Like we all know that. It, yeah, like it's it, drug testing. Drug testing. That'll cost. That's going to cost a lot of money. Uh, offshore detention costs a shitload more money than just dealing with. You know, like they, they've proved in Portugal now that uh, dealing with drugs by imprisoning people is more expensive than just dealing with it. Look at it as a health issue. Like they are, we're fine to spend money. Like it's, it's they're fine to spend money as long as it's shitting on the, uh, the you mm. know like there's someone below you know someone on the rung below them like as long as you're keeping the you're kicking the guy behind you yeah yeah we'll spend all the money whatever like you know if it costs well, once you've been sold yeah. I think it's more that like once you you've been told that the person behind you is coming for you yeah and you've been told that they're you sold that the basis on which it's okay that they're worse off than you yeah. is that they're worse people than you therefore they're bad people therefore. Hurting them, and and therefore they're bad people that you're having to contribute to. Yeah. Therefore, hurting them feels good. Yeah. Like I resent having to give them anything, and therefore, you know, if you, I, I don't fine. If I've got to give them cash, I'll put more cash in to make their lives a bit worse. I don't like the idea that they're sitting there, you know, making the best of their shitty situation yeah. and the fact that there aren't enough jobs to go around. And I'm, the other thing from Greg, um, Greg Jericho has pointed out today, there's the, the figures have come out that show that there's like 6% of the workforce in Australia are doing more than, more than one job. Yeah. So when you're talking about the jobs, like there are... There would be enough jobs. Potentially, there'd be more jobs out there for people, these for unemployed people to get. But they're being done by fewer and fewer people, like yeah. because they're not enough to live on. Yeah. Anyway, so that's that's a that's a tangent. But yeah, people are like, even though these people can't get jobs, like I've got a job, therefore they should be able to get a job. And I fundamentally think that if I'm if they if they're not at work, yeah. like so like like work for the doll. I was hoping much of that is is just I don't I just hate the idea that they're somehow finding happiness. Yeah. They mustn't find happiness. Yeah. I need them to suffer and I'm prepared to pay more to make them suffer. Yeah. Like, it's fucking broken. I think the idea is because, you know, we're all working and we, you know, a lot of people don't like their job and don't like, you know, resent having to go to work and we all think that, oh, not having to work would be great. Yes, it would if you have the resources to 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 live it, like to fill your time. People who don't have, like, you know, people on Newstar who don't have the resources, like, yeah, okay, they don't have to work every day, but that does not make it a, a great, fun, brilliant existence. Like, the people, I, I do have some friends in that, I know some people who are currently unemployed and, you know, have been for a couple of months, it's been hard to find a job. They're miserable. Like, they're, they're not having a good time of it. They're not living it up going, oh, yeah, sick, I can do what I want every day because they really can't do much at all. Like... And the Sunrise audience wants that. They want them to be suffering. Yeah. They want them to be... They would rather that they were out there mm. digging ditches and then filling them in again. Yeah. They just want them to be suffering. Yeah. And, okay, so let's play. So so th- this this interview covers the following. Like, it's... Um, I'll, I'll, and I'll play you excerpts. So we've got... The way that Sunrise introduces it, which is to present the 
um, the, the anti-side of the injury card as weakly as possible. Yeah. So their audience thinks they've heard an, an anti-side, yeah. but really haven't. Yeah. Um, and then Labor comes in and they're like, well, the problems with this are that it's um, it's not working well enough. Not that the whole idea behind it is flawed. Yeah. Like they're just, they just, they're like, look, we like the idea of, uh, <laughs> you know, forcing people back into the jobs that aren't there. They don't point out the jobs aren't there. They don't point out that yeah. the, 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 the wages aren't there. <gasps> Which is why people are, like part of, one of the reasons why jobs aren't there is that the wages aren't there, so people have to do more than one job. Like there are plenty of points Labor could make, and the fundamental one they should make to the Sunrise audience is this costs you money. Yes, but they don't do that. And we've got Joel Fitzgibbon, and I'm going to after we've had this bit, I'm going to play you a bit of Joel Fitzgibbon and Michael McCormick shouting at each other in public. Excellent. Just to, just to you know <laughs> leave you with leave you with a positive taste in your mouth. Yeah. Here, here here is Fitzgibbon, and uh, Barnaby comes on afterwards, and this is this is the version that you get on things like Indu if you rely on the commercial media. Under the scheme, 80% of a welfare payment is put on a debit card, so it can't be used to buy alcohol, gamble, purchase gift cards or get cash out. The PM says it's part of a compassionate conservative welfare agenda, but Labor critics describe the policy as mean and nasty and the cause of more financial stress. For his take this morning, the ALP's Joel Fitzgibbon joins us. Morning to you. Uh, so the Australian Council of Social Services says this, these cashless cards are stigmatising and impractical. What do you think of them? Now, good morning, team. I'm missing Barnaby uh, already. I'm sure he would have made a solid contribution yep, he's uh, here. to this debate. We'll get Remember to Barnaby. Yeah, first to you. Ba what do you think ba of these cards? Barnaby well, look, they don't work. This is the problem. Look, the Labor Party is up for to support any initiative which breaks the cycle of intergenerational unemployment, uh, which helps people uh, break the cycle of substance abuse. And initially, of course, these cashless cards were about avoiding social harm. They weren't really a, an employment policy initiative. So we're up for the conversation, but. Uh, it seems to me that this is just another distraction by Scott Morrison. When have you ever seen the Prime Minister uh, talk about intervening on at-risk children at kindergarten mm. level? Sorry, before we go any further, that's his line. He can't, he's not actually attacking injury. He's not attacking any of the yeah. fundamental things we've talked about. He's like, but what about this other thing? When he, when she can... And then that's not even... And that's even that's even lame because the big distraction from yeah. Scumbo is he's trying to avoid the shitty economic figures. So yeah. like Fitzgibbon can't even point out like this is a distraction from the fact that they're running the economy into the ground and screwing all of us. Yeah. Like he can't even run that strong point. But instead, like this Labor fucking thing of um Oh, why? They're, it's always talking about Labor. They're always talking about what Labor wants to do. Yeah. It's like Labor doesn't want to be there. No. If you don't want to be in Parliament, if you don't want to be advocating for the, for policies, then fuck off and let someone who doesn't yeah, want to do it. Let the out. Greens do it. Like, if yeah. you genuinely are like, well, let's look at, please look at those guys. Look at those guys. Then why are you in fucking politics? Yeah. No, but, and it's, well, I, I saw an article just before we, we started doing this today uh, about Albanese saying that, like, unless we change our policy direction significantly, we're not going to, there's no chance we're going to win another election. You know, we'll never get back in a, and it's like, but if you change too significantly and just, just, you know, concede with the the conservatives. Why would anybody vote for you instead? Because they're gonna they're gonna they're already there. They're already in that space. If you occupy and, the and same space, you're never gonna win. And the problem was that you've you've absorbed so much of their rhetoric. So yeah. when you were trying, like, the problem is not that you had a policy that was gonna you know end this six billion dollar a year rort of of giving cash payouts to the rich. 
It was that you did a shit job of selling it. Yeah. And part of the reason why you did a shit job of selling it is not just the fact that you didn't repeatedly point out, hey, did you know about this beforehand? You didn't. It's because it's you who's paying it. Yeah. This isn't $6 billion we're taking from you. It's $6 billion you are paying them. It's from your wallet to them. Yeah. Like, Labor failed to make that point strongly. Like, it's not fucking hard. Right. But the other part of it is that, that like on refugees, they're arguing... They're weak at arguing these points because they're conceding so much of the conservative line that underpins it. Yeah. So in the case of the um, in the case of the the franking credits, Labor's going was going to have an election promising a bunch of the tax cuts that Scummo that they that they voted for from Scummo. They're like, yeah, no tax cuts are good. That's how you give money back to workers. No, it fucking no, isn't. Yeah, that's... That's, tax cuts always go skew to the wealthier. Like, yeah. You give. There are many better methods of providing um, economic relief to people who are at the poor end. Than and tax, tax cuts, cuts are the worst one. Yeah. And, but Labor concedes that taxes are... When they do that, they concede taxes are bad. Yeah. They concede that public services are bad. And then they come up and they're like, well, are we going to raise taxes on... Or we're we going to end a tax concession here, which can be portrayed as raising a tax jaw. Yeah. Where in fact, it's just ending the fact that they don't currently pay tax and the rest of us do. Yeah. But the problem is that... They've already conceded the idea that there's not there's too much tax being paid. It should go back rather mm. than arguing the point of no. Currently, we can't fund dental on Medicare yeah. under the lips. Like yeah. no, this isn't the time to be doing tax cuts. This is the time to be putting money into the, the services that Australians need. But yeah, they don't argue that point. They concede that the Conservatives line that tax cuts are a good thing. Yeah, and then they can't then they can't win the argument. Same as refugees. They concede that. People smuggling is a bad thing, and coming here um, to seek refuge without, without waiting in the thirty-year queue, um, like when you are literally fleeing a place that's coming to shoot you, know, where people yeah. are coming to kill you, you should sit down and line up at the embassy. Like what? Yeah. Like, you don't like. I'd love to see them if the, their house is on fire and the fire brigade's like, sorry, we can't, we can't. You know, it's gonna be, uh, it's gonna be a couple of days. Just if you can just sit there. Yeah. In your house, yeah. it's on fire. Like, but they've conceded so much of the conservatives' lines that then their that their <laughs> attempt to distinguish themselves doesn't work. Like. Tony Abbott didn't win the election by being like, you know, you know, some of what Labor's spending on services is good. All he, he won it by going, you yeah. know, they're, they're coming for you. They're coming. Yeah. They're, taxes are bad. Taxes are bad. Taxes are bad. Like they don't concede anything, no. and they, and there's a there's a consistency that wins arguments by doing that. Yeah. Um. And and it's the same with the injury thing. Like Fitzgibbon's first remarks about, oh look, you know, we like the idea of uh, uh, we concede all the liberals' arguments. We you know we think it's important to be, yeah. uh, you know, stopping people using the drugs. That's a primary. That's very important. And it's ending intergenerational uh, welfare rather than being like providing decent wages for people, which yeah. you could say is how it should be. The emphasis should be on making sure that nobody's starving. That the new start is too low and. Providing wages that actually, insofar as there are people who don't want to work, you, then that's be a failure of wage growth. Like the fact there's not wages there that is. Yeah. So, in to- like if you think that people are sitting on their ass and there's jobs and they're not being willing to do them, that's because they're not paid enough. They're not. Like yeah. Anyway, I mean, it's also because there aren't enough jobs. But if, if pretending that there were jobs there, why would somebody be choosing to live on $135 below the poverty line yeah. if there was a job that, that they could get and that was reasonably paid? Like it doesn't make any sense. No. They wouldn't be. And Labor could. It's just. You hear the arguments being made by the Greens, and but they're not the ones who get on fucking Sunrise. No. Sunrise doesn't bring them on. They bring in bloody Joel Fitz, bloody Gibbon. And you know what? I'm not yeah. going to play Barnaby on this. We've already heard Barnaby on this. <laughs> One more quick point on what uh, Fitzgibbon said there too. Like he, he ended on something there about... With the government, one of their big things with their arguments against Newstart is that they're like, oh, it shouldn't be, it sh- we shouldn't be making it easier for them. It should be more about getting people into jobs. Rather than keeping people I out of work by yeah, making it impossible. Yeah, keep, yeah, exactly. But I don't 
understand how these cashless cards are going to help people get in the jobs. Is there going to be a suit allowance? Like, is it going to is it going to be an extra two hundred dollar on each card or whatever, so you can go and get a suit for a job interview? Or it's, it's entirely on the idea that if somebody yeah. has smoked cannabis on the weekend, they therefore yeah. can't do a job on Monday. It's so dumb. Which is absurd. It's just and, and yeah. Scummo comes out and says that you know you can't get a job <laughs> if you're using drugs. Yeah. And he, the figures they're relying on yeah. contradict that. Yeah. It's a lie. It's a dumb lie. And nobody from Sunrise, but even from bloody ABC, Patricia Cavellas, Lee Sales, they don't call him on this. I don't say, yeah. but that's absurd. Your own figures show that people are working with using drugs. Like, yeah. that's just a lie. Yeah. Is, your justification is bullshit. Yeah. And workplaces, like so many workplaces, you know, like, you know, you know, around the traps, they'll have beers in the fridge, you know, for a Friday Arvo or, you know, they, they you know, they You're go. Right. To, yeah, that's right. it. It's like drinking is like an important drinks. part of the culture. Drink, alcohol is a drug. Yeah. Yeah. You're damn right. And yeah. end of work every last, every Friday when I, when I, when I was in paid employment. Yeah. yeah. Friday yeah. afternoon, everybody sit down and has drinks. Yep. Everyone does. Yep. There's beers in the fridge. Yeah. Clearly, it's, we uh, should all be fired immediately. Yeah. Well, that's it. Yeah. Uh, it's it's just. It's so dumb, and the fact they don't get called on it, and the fact that Labor can't call on it. Like, Labor should turn around. That's exactly a point Labor could make. They'd be like, yeah. hang on, we all know these, you know, people yeah. have work drinks. We all <laughs> know that people, like, and, and the government's own figures show that, that people are using these illicit drugs, they're still going to work. Like, yeah. Like it's, and Jane Carrow had a tweet where she, she made a point that, like, back in the, when she was doing advertising, like, almost everyone was yeah. using cocaine and various drugs. Like, they, yep. they, those, there are plenty of industries where, Pretty much everyone is is high on drugs all the time. Yeah, like, especially when they want you to work late hours. Like I've got a friend who, yeah, he's got a job in you know, advertising in Sydney just recently, and he was telling me, yeah, it's it's like as soon as everyone sort of gets in early. Uh, into, this isn't like officially like the the way their company structured, but everyone gets into work early, tries to get all their work done by three o'clock, and then parties. Like everyone, they, they just party every night, and then they sort of stay around the office and keep working. Like it's like a work party from like three or four o'clock onwards. Where yeah, then they are doing drugs and that to stay awake, and because they're all they're staying at the office every day until ten o'clock at night or whatever, or eight or nine at night. Like so, they're all getting high and getting drunk to stay around. Like you, you hear stories about it all the time. It's a, it's a, it's a real thing. I'm not going to play any more of Fitz, Fitz Gibbon and, and Barnaby because Barnaby comes in next on Sunday. Yeah. Frankly, we've already, I think we've already, yeah. I'm just infuriated by the whole thing. But I, we did get fired up. I think, we, I think Nick, you and I were just both shouting at each other. And I want to, I want to play you. <laughs> I want to play you. This is not the sort of thing that we can put up with. And 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 our parliamentarians, uh. like I, I'd like to play here. Michael McCormack getting very angry about people shouting. Yeah. And then Joel Fitzgibbon. Getting very angry about people shouting. I want. I want Perfect. To, I think you'll enjoy how they demonstrate how wrong it is to be shouting it at people. <laughs> I, I don't know why you're yelling so much. This is helping all country communities, member for Hunter. It's time you came to the member table and just behaved yourself occasionally. There are country people doing it tough, and you won't. You won't ever stop yelling at them. You should behave yourself. You're a disgrace. De- Deputy Prime Minister will resume his seat. <laughs> Deputy Prime Minister will resume his seat. How is the Deputy Prime Minister's unhinged attack on me relevant to the question which is asked? The, the farmers just want him to do seat. something! The Deputy Prime Minister will cease interjecting. The member for Hunter is warned. That is... <laughs> I like at the end there that Fitzgibbon was like, he was doing calm, calm and measured, and then he's fucking lost! It's just like... <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, it was like it was like he was trying to trick the speaker. Like, uh, yes, no, I'm just going to be uh, very reasonable for a second. I've got some points to make that I'm mad about. But also, neither of them were yelling. Like, they, they, this is such a vicious sort of like it reveals both of them. Like, it wasn't even just raising yeah. their voices. It was that. Yeah, basically, I'm about to punch you, though. That you're a disgrace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Oh, it was absolutely ridiculous. That so that was that was in uh, that was in question time. That is uh, parliamentarians in parliament. That's uh, what we're paying them to do. Yeah. Uh, as, as, as Scott Morrison says, you know, it'd be nice to have more women in parliament, but it's got to be on merit. Like, <laughs> people, you can tell the, the, the kind of the, the kind of merit based process that got those. Two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They definitely, definitely, fully deserve to be there. Jesus, that. A thing that I'm noticing uh, the conservatives are doing a lot lately, and I think they think they're ado- you know like they're adopting our language or something like that. But whenever somebody, it's been on Q and A and a few things I've watched a few times where someone's like kind of basically gone at them for you know exposed this this sort of leads in the ICAC stuff. Someone suggesting that um, the political donations by influence like actually changes their how they vote, and someone will go uh, uh, conservative will go oh I'm sorry. But I take offence to that. That is offensive that you would suggest that. There's been a few instances of that lately where they go, no, 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 I'm offended now. And it's like, oh, so I thought, you know, all us liberal snowflakes, it wasn't, it wasn't okay to be, you know, we shouldn't be offended about some things. But then it's like to suggest that is so offensive. It's like, well, I mean. I think they've always yeah. done that. I think that. It's it's attackers of falling yeah. defence. Like it's, it's you uh. say an outrage. How very dare you have you accused me? So I think they've done that for a long. I don't think yeah. I don't think they're deliberately aping uh, because they've always they're they're always claiming uh. that we we're worried about offence. And I don't think they're I don't think they're choosing that language. I think that that's just that's what they yeah. like. It's always taking offence has always been you know the fainting cat. It's always been sort of the conservative response to rude language sort of thing. Yeah. It's always been. Um, and that I think that saying that that's all we want is their effort of misrepresenting us and basically saying you're you're doing the stuff you've always um, you know complained about us doing. I think it's the extra. I think it's a step back. But yeah. but obviously that isn't like it's, they're they're always misrepresenting us. Like we're, yeah. we're not. When when like when you know when we're like you shouldn't be demeaning trans and gay people like it's not on the basis that we you know get us the smelling salts we're going to go to the fainting camp it's on the basis yeah, that yeah. your fucking speech there causes harm yeah you know, actually like, hurts people. people yeah yeah punching down hurts yeah it, and it's not hurts their feelings it causes harm like, yeah it incites more oppression of people who are already oppressed yeah yeah it does it, it, language is powerful. Ugh. Anyway, I, mm. I so the injury stuff. Oh, so in terms of what we can do about it, and I, I was thinking about this because part of the things is this part of the podcast we're supposed to be trying to think of what we can do about it, and I think the we all need to take I, photos of ourselves doing drugs at work. So that- I don't see how that would. No, <laughs> all right, fair although enough. in terms in terms of the Indu card, yeah, I don't sorry. know. I don't know. Well, seeing seeing whether the, how the mechanism works and whether this is possible or how it's possible to get around it, but I would would suggest that one thing that that we could try to do is set up um, some kind of website or system basic where people who are going to just you know people in the general community who are, who are teetotalers or who don't who uh, would find it quite easy to just do. X amount of their grocery shop on an Indu card. Yeah. Like they 
um, like you use the find a way of getting the injury card to do that shop and pay the person whose injury card it is cash, basically to try and yeah. give them that option. And whether that has to be done sort of locally because they physically have to have the card, I don't know. I don't know quite how the specific it'll be. Will, it'll just be a tra- like a trade system. Be like pr- it, it, it'll be like prison. That's what, that's what you know where something becomes a currency because it's something that you can't get easily, you know, so like it'll be a case of, all right, well, I'll go and buy, you know, I don't know, 40 cans of Milo or four cans of Milo and I'll give that to you because, you know, Milo's, you know, 10 bucks a can or whatever and then you give me a carton of beer. Like that's – But if they're doing that, they always always lose on the trade that way because obviously it's more valuable to have the cash than the Milo. Yeah. So, yeah, you always lose on the trade if you're doing that way. But I'm talking about more like supportive people being willing to oh, try to help give them out. directly. Yeah. yeah. As a, as, um, but I think I think that fundamentally one of the things that we should be doing is yeah. the libs The libs get away with this shit because people are consuming the Sunrise message instead. Like yeah. we must have people in our communities who, you know, talk about this stuff around and they, they're like, oh, no, I can't see anything wrong with uh, people having, you know, just making sure that they just spend it on normal things. All they've got to do is not buy drugs and not buy alcohol yeah. and not gamble and buy pornography. Like, I love the fact that pornography is like, what the f-? It's just purely in there. Like, it's legal, yeah. but it's just like a, we've got a moral, you know, poor, poor people shouldn't have, I don't know, sex drives or something. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and, in fact, we already have that. We have the situa- situation where if two people are on New Start um, and they um, are housemates, they get yeah. their payment. But if they have sex together and are in a relationship, they both immediately lose like twenty bucks oh, yeah. a fortnight of their payment. Like, yeah. just like you can't have poor people having sex and being happy. They're yeah. punished for that anyway. Yeah. So it seems to me that what we can do is we can, when we're in those situations, try and sort of be subtly throwing in the points that um, people are not grasping about it. Stuff like the injury card costs you more money. It's money that you're paying from your taxes yeah. for no purpose. Um, and same with the drug testing, you're paying for that. So anybody who's like, oh, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, you'd be like, how much do you want to spend, like, just crushing the poor? Yeah. Like, what? It's, it costs you money. It doesn't help you. Yeah. It's not. It's not, and it's not making the system like that's it. It's not putting more money in the system or anything like that. It's not saving money anywhere. It's just spending more money. Well, they might be like, oh, but but uh, then we can kick them off Centrelink and we don't have to pay for them. And it was like, yeah. cool. Well, if if you're convinced that somebody's a drug addict and you kick them off any kind of income support, yeah. what what do you reckon is going to happen to the community if it's if it's filled with people who are being um who've been kicked off social security and have drug problems? Yeah. What what do you what do you reckon that might what what do you reckon the effect of that might be? Yeah. Like, I just feel like a lot of the soft support for this yeah. bullshit is because people haven't thought it through. And that one thing that we should be doing is without being too, you know, with, with the sort of people who would walk away from us if we were talking fully about politics, but yeah. just in terms of throwing some doubts out there of like, you get that you're paying more for this, right? Yeah. Yeah. But then again, I, I would have thought that, that that argument would have worked, you know, with the uh, franking Offshore credits. attention. Oh, yeah, oh. yeah, and franking credits. Like, you know, like, you know, we're spending, you know, you, your tax dollars are going to giving wealthy people who already own shares bigger tax returns. Like, you know, it's costing you money to give these, but, you know, like it just didn't. Well, know, no, just but, but nobody translate. made that point prominently. Oh, true. Yeah, that's yeah, fair. If Very people fair, have made yeah. that point, that's, I mean, that's the, that's one of the things that annoys me about, about Labor being like, oh, well, you know, we, we, we tried to do it and I guess I guess we just have to give up now. Like, no, you fucking no, don't. You really you didn't did better. Yeah. You did a really, how is it that you managed to lose that? Like, you remember when they were first um, proposing, when, when, um, Tim Wilson was getting stuck into it and publicising this thing. And yeah. I was like, oh, please do. When people discover the rort that they're paying for, they're yeah. going to revolt against it. Like, this, seems, this is surely a massive loser of the libs because only a small percentage of people who are benefiting from it and the rest of us are paying a huge amount of money for it. Yeah. And you would think that that would be a winner for Labor. An easy Labor fucked win. it up. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's an easy win, especially that, yeah to find out was it Tim Wilson's was it his his brother or his cousin or something? It was, it was that, his, yeah. his thing where he basically paid, we paid for him to have a, an inquiry around the country where a bunch of rich white people who make money out of out of this rort um, yeah. got really angry about how they were going to really struggle if they didn't get paid by us for their shares. Yeah, yeah, paid yeah to, to subsidise their investments. Yeah, uh, nauseating. All right, it's upsetting. We've ended on an upsetting thing. <laughs> I can't even play. I, was, I mean, the idea that the Greens got sort of the federal ICAC thing through the Senate is yeah. good, but then probably won't get through the House. So, look. Yep. So, I'm sorry that we can't leave everybody with a with sort of a happy, a, a happy spot, a happy song in their hearts. But what we can do is leave you fired up and angry and fighting this shit. <laughs> That's it. Like, we have to. Like, this, they, these bastards just can keep driving. Like, when they won this election, and we were like, fuck, the next three years are going to be rough. This is, this is the sort of shit. And it's. Yeah. And it's going to get harsher because they've still got to pretend to get a surplus somehow, uh, according to their own deranged rhetoric where surpluses are positive. And they yeah. don't have the money now. They've just taken $158 billion out of the, out of the revenue. So <laughs> they're going to have to kick the poor really hard because they're the only... Like, all of the yeah. stuff... They're going to find the money from somewhere, or they're going to have to find the money from somewhere, uh, and they are not going to take it from anyone who from whom it should, who no. can afford it. They're only going to take it from the people who least can afford it. So... Yeah. It's going to be a fight until we get rid of these bastards. How many dr- recreational drug users do they have to kick off New Start so that Scummo can afford to uh, buy his Shark One plane? <laughs> a lot. Yeah, we've got to do the math on that. A lot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's obscene. Anyway, Nick, where can people find you? Uh, just on Facebook, uh, Nick Carr, I think on like Instagram, Comedian Nick Carr or something like that. Just, if you search Comedian Nick Carr, I'm, I'm, I'm there. I'm around. We've got... Uh, uh, in Toowoomba, if anybody's around, the Christmas comedy extravaganzas on uh, December twentieth at the uh, Irish Hotel. I haven't got ticket links up for that yet, but just follow me. Yeah, that'll be anyway. That's all I really have at the moment. To be fair to you, I should really be giving you an opportunity to discuss things that are more comic and less fundamentally depressing than something that is. Fair enough. Otherwise, if you can, uh, if you want to chat with us on at Well May We Say on the Twitters, uh, if you want to leave a positive review on iTunes, it's most appreciated. And also, most importantly, thank you to our Patreon subscribers who keep the podcast going. Um, Otherwise, thank you, uh, Alex Lum, for the artwork. Thank you, Robin Gray, for the music. And we'll see you all next week. Sweet. Bye. Bye.